Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Wednesday. Hump Day arrives here in May with a little more rain coming, depending on where you are. We hope everybody is safe and sound from last night. This rain did go through parts of this area. It'll continue to do it the next few days. So hope you need the rain. Hope you get the rain you want on your uh, on your lawn, but you don't get any crazy weather and uh, damage to fences and roofs and all that. Hope everybody is uh, is having a good one. Hope you had a chance to enjoy some maybe some NBA, maybe some NHL. Maybe if you're a freak like me, a little dog show last night. We'll get to all of that. Uh, I'll hit you with a dog show recap in the crap bag. Plus, we'll look you there. The folks in West Virginia say Huggy Bear gets to keep the job. We will tell you what the punishment is coming up. Uh, we will start with some NBA. There's plenty of football to get to. Tomorrow is one of those holidays that the NFL has kind of invented. It's schedule day, and we've already got a little information to share with you. It's Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I am Chad Hastings. He is the Bowie Bulldog himself, Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's poppin', Chad? Feeling good this Wednesday, hump day. Happy hump day, everybody. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I wish I had enough guts to throw money down on my NBA gut yesterday. Oh, yeah, I was wrong about both them yet. Unbelievable. You said you liked those other two teams, and as you were saying it, I thought, wow, I'm exactly the opposite here. I think it is one road team and one home team, but I felt like Denver was consistent enough and they were going to win, and then I felt like Philly would win. I did not think it would look like that, though. Two very definitive victories. We'll talk about that. We will preview tonight's action. Uh, There's a lot of basketball to hit. There's some football stories we are going to get into today. There might, Cowboys fans, there might be a comment out there that might make you feel good about Dak Prescott. Sometimes those don't exist. Sometimes they're hard to find. We may have found one for you today. We may have gotten it done. It apparently sent me into puberty. Huh? We might. Woo! Hear how excited <laughs> I am? Huh? Somebody on the Specs text line says, Chad, okay, because you're ah, damn right, wasn't, I guess, to their standards, up to par. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Very disrespectful. I thought it was on point as usual. I Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There was a little less ah in his intro today. Should, should I try to redo? No. No? No, just yeah, one hit a quitter. Just one? Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Tomorrow. I thought it was, you know. Someone else says you need to trademark the ah. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to try to trademark just the sound? Ah, I don't think we could do that. Well, we'll give it a shot, though. I'll, uh, I'll run that up the flagpole and see what happens. All right, uh, it is Wednesday. Remember, if you have anything to throw in, Specs text line is 337-3776. If you're in need of... Fine food and spirits and stuff for parties and all that. Specs is always a great location. Mine would be the Specs in Elgin. Shout out. Uh, just don't pull up on Sunday. They're not open. Oh, yeah. I always, get, I always get caught by that. Grocery stores, liquor stores. I thought they changed the rule. Like it used to be noon, right? There's a part on of that. Sunday? There's a part of the rule that's changed. I think at the grocery store level, but I still think the liquor stores have to be closed. Ah, okay. Yeah, I yeah. think that's still there. So uh, that that one does get me every once in a while. All right. So if you have anything you want to throw in, the specs text line always there for you. We will start with a little NBA action and uh, work our way towards some football stuff. Um, last night it was two all series, and the math is pretty simple. You're up at like 82% chance to win. So 8 out of 10, that's not bad, right? Uh, if you win the game at 2-all. Philly and Denver both got it done. Zay, your choice. Which one you want to start with here? Which of these clear, definitive wins was more impressive to you? 
Uh, Philadelphia, the 76ers, going up to Beantown in Game 5 and getting it done the way they did, being up by double digits majority of the game. That was very impressive. Shout out to Doc Rivers for making some big-time adjustments. You know, this Boston Celtics team, they're so interesting because they get back to what we saw a year a year ago before they found their groove like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown last year 2021 2022 season they were having issues in the first part of who's going to be the man who's going to take the last shots and then you know when MA Udoka let it be known oh Jason Tatum he's our best player Jalen Brown's one of the best two-way players in the league so Tatum's the closer those guys kind of figured it out and now you know, both of those guys playing as well as they are playing. It's like Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, they took a back seat. They can't do that because those guys have to be good. Malcolm Brogdon's a sixth man of the year. He has to be good in order for this team to be nice. And Al Horford, his shooting percentage in the playoffs is awful. And he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league for a big man. Was all year long. Mm. Like, you can't count on that. You can't count on that. So... They become easy to guard. And one of the worst things that could have happened to the Sixers was P.J. Tucker's now started to hit shots. So before, you weren't worried about P.J. Tucker in those three games that the Sixers lost. He was not making anything. He wasn't even taking shots. And now he's hitting a couple. So now they're kind of getting out there a little bit more, which is freeing up James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid. And I go back to Doc Rivers because the adjustments he made – they were so different than what we've seen throughout the series early on. First off, Joel Embiid, he finally got his legs back. Like That was the MVP Joel Embiid we yeah. saw all year long. Yep. It seemed like game two, James was being a little passive, even though he had 40-something in game one, and he was trying to get Joel Embiid back into it, back into his rhythm, and James should have been aggressive for that game because it's going to take Joel Embiid a while to get into his rhythm. These last two games, he found it. That rhythm is there. And Doc Rivers putting James Harden and Joel Embiid in those pick and rolls, it reminded me of Dylan DeSue this past season. Remember when Dylan DeSue, he would come off those pick and rolls, and instead of crashing all the way to the basket for layups, he would stop for that little short floater Mm -hmm. or that nice mid-range jumper. That's all they did yesterday. Joel Embiid had about four of those mid-range jumpers around the free throw line off a pick and roll. He wasn't going towards Al Horford or Robert Williams like he was doing in game four where Al Horford was blocking his shot and stuff. He was kind of hanging in that Anthony Davis area. Oh, he was chilling, and he was knocking it down. He hit a couple of threes. He hit that, you know, crazy ball bounced around the rim, you know, about five or six times to start the game, and that got him going. And James Harden, he didn't have to put up 40 for them to win because Tyrese Maxey was locked in. And come playoff time, that's why big threes are so legendary. That's why, you know, Bird, McHale, Parrish, Magic, Worthy, Kareem, all those guys, Rodman, Pippen, Jordan, big threes are huge in the playoff time because when your first two stars aren't performing or even if they are performing, somebody else has to step up. And Tyrese Maxey, what he did yesterday. Ooh, mercy. God, just a Dallas kid. Just a straight-up Dallas kid. Full speed. I don't give a damn who's guarding me. I don't give a damn who's in front of me. I'm scoring. I'm taking my shots. James Harden, you're going to be a future Hall of Famer? So? MVP, you are uh, John B. You last MVP? So? I feel like I'm the man. Nobody could guard me, and I finally got my shot. And all that attention that comes from James Harden with the last two 76ers wins – 
freed up Tyrese Maxey, and he took advantage. So uh, that was very shocking to me. Tobias Harris, he's been a lot better throughout the playoffs as they've gone along. Those 16 points that he had, they were solid. And, yeah, going back to Philly, the Celtics, eh, they're in trouble. And I still think they could get it done. I still think they could win the series. But they're going to need more for Al Horford, Derek White, um, you know, Marcus Smart, who's beat up last. I don't know what. Talk about somebody that looks like they're limping around. Every time Marcus Smart falls, mm-hmm. they talk about him having some type of injury. His elbows, his knees, his <laughs> ankles, his shoulders. Like, Marcus Smart is toe up. But that's the way he plays. Like, he plays that grit and grind style. And if you play that way, the whole 82 games and into the playoffs, you're going to be nicked up more than others. So, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, seven points. Nah, you're six bad of the year. you got to be better. And, again, a lot of people talk about Joe Missoula. This might be too big of a moment for him with his age, only 33 years old. Doc Rivers, say what you want about his postseason record. He's won a championship before in that same town that Joe Missoula is trying to get it done in. So he's had a lot of experience. He's had a lot of, you know, he's been in these situations before where you've had to adjust, and he made those adjustments. Big-time win for the Sixers last night. Zay, help me out here. When Udoka was the coach of the Celtics, were they chunking this many threes? 38 of them last night. Were they shooting that many in a game? I feel like they are so reliant on those those threes. They would shoot them. They would still shoot them. Horford 0 for 7. See, that's, man. He literally gave you nothing last night. You mentioned Brogdon. He hit one three. He gave him seven points, but that just wasn't enough. It just feels like there's a, I mean, Missoula, you know, we talked about Missoula and some of the coaching decisions. Not respecting the fact that you have timeouts. Not getting, for everything you just said about smart, there were two massive possessions in the previous game where their plan ended up being, let's just see what happens, and at the end, Marcus Smart's going to hoist one up. And in one case, he didn't even do it in time. That's what, that's what happened in the last game. You're the Boston Celtics, and you have this level of talent. It just doesn't feel like they have elite playoff-level coaching and communication right now. I feel like those guys are being cast out and kind of being left to their own devices. And I don't know if Doc Rivers can outcoach everybody else in the playoffs. I think he can out certainly outcoach this dude. Right. And I don't know, moreover, I, kn- I don't know if Philly can win the whole thing, Zay. They feel like they can when they play Boston, though. Right. Watching, watching this matchup, I feel like A, Doc Rivers is a great coach, and B, they're a great team that can win it all. I'm not sure if those things are actually true. Well, they keep testing Joel Embiid when they drive. They don't, they're, when I said, hey, test that knee out in game two, like, let's see how it is. Mm -hmm, You did. Let's stop testing it. We tested it. (laughs) We failed. The test, you failed. We tested it out, and he had five blocks last night. Every time you tried to throw a layup up and you thought you got by him, he said, give me that. We uh we got Give the, me that boy. We have the results of your test in. <laughs> you're you're going to need to think of something yeah, else. Yeah, you got to think of something else. We got to start thinking of floaters. We got to start hitting mid-range jumpers. And you're right, Chad, 38 attempts from the three, that's too much because in playoff time, you can't play in the regular season how you do in the playoffs. You just don't. They're going to take away your threes. They're going to take away your layups. So what does that mean? Three-level scoring. What's left? Mid-range shooting. Jason Tatum doesn't shoot enough mid-range shots. Jalen Brown doesn't shoot enough mid-range shots. And they both should. Yeah. Because they both can be great at it. And this might be the first time in playoff history we've ever seen James Harden do it comfortably. Yeah. And no. And he knows that I got to hit 
mid-range shots. I got to hit floaters. Turn I gotta, around. Yeah, I got to shoot. I got to be in the post a little bit. I yeah. got to mix it up because they're, are, they're playing my three because they know I like it, and they know I like to get to the rim and make plays for others. So, I mean – you got to change it up, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And, I, I, you know, it's so easy to throw all the blame on Missoula just because MAU Doka's not here. And they got to the finals last season. But there are a lot of things I thought MAU Doka should have done in the finals against the Golden State Warriors that he did not do. So the playoffs are going to expose you no matter what. From your coaching to your stamina to your skill to your toughness, all of those things it takes to win a championship. And if one of those things you're struggling at and the opposing team thrives at, you're going to get exposed. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to really see that in all of these series. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a great point. Uh, they, you know, Boston was unable to, it just, it didn't feel, it's weird to watch a game from that city in the NBA. The way I grew up watching Boston and Larry and all those dudes, they always look so comfortable at home. There were advantages people would talk about they would have at home. All yeah, those different I things. I mean, if you knew Red Arback could whack you after the game because you're a coach, you have a thought, oh, man, if I make this traveling call on Larry Bird, I might die. <laughs> I might not be able to walk out the garden after this. Some would say there's that on some, some angles. Some would talk about the floor itself and how weird it was and dead spots, and they'd crank the air conditioning off and make it just an incinerator in there and all those different things. But last night it didn't look like they were playing in Boston. Didn't, they didn't look comfortable, didn't look like they had a rhythm, crowd didn't know what to do, and by the end, the Sixers were clearly better. So, uh, I mean, shout out to Embiid, 33, I think you're right, he does feel like he's healthier again. And then that's kind of what I've been talking about, and I was asking you about, Zay, I asked it about Embiid and Harden. Could you get them both playing really well at the same time? It ended up being Embiid and Maxi. If that dude is going to play like that, James Harden gets to kind of step back a little bit and try some other things. All right, I'll dish when I need to. Okay, I'll take the shot when I need to, but I got this dude giving me 30? It's tough, man. That that Boston could not have expected that. Yeah, and it's a deflating 30 because he's running so fast. Like He looks so much af- more athletic than everybody else, all the other guards. Mm-hmm. He's so much faster than Brogdon. He can't stay in front of him. He's faster than Derek White. And then with Marcus Smart, as banged up as he is, he don't want to guard him for the full 48 minutes. Yep. So as good as the defenders are for the Boston Celtics, which I think they have the best defensive core for guards in the association, them playing against Tyrese Maxey and then going from James Harden, and both of those guys having a different game, that's hard to deal with too, Chad. Because if you're guarding James Harden, you know how James plays, slow, methodical. He'll dribble between his legs like five times before he makes a move, and he'll go off pick and rolls, and he takes his time. He uses his body and stuff, while Tyrese Maxey is full speed, like a Ferrari, just going right at you over and over again. If you're switching off from Harden and Tyrese Maxey, that's tough because you've got to switch your whole mindset on, okay, I'm guarding James Harden this way. I know what he likes in this. And, oh, man, Tyrese Maxey, I'm checking him now. He just went right past me. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's really hard to deal with. That's a good point. And moreover, that's Embiid's game has a slowness to it, a deliberate quality to it. So you kind of get a pace in your head of how the Sixers are coming at you, and you're right, and then Maxi flies right by. Yo, that's a great mix. Oh, it's a great mix. Tyrese, Andrew, Tony Maxi. Oh, that's there how you go. That's like Boston Strangler. There you go. That's I like, what it looked like. Oh, that's one of the first basketball teams I really fell for, other than Yo, my Mavs. I love that Sixers team back in the they day. They have a lot of similarities. The Sixers team, that like 83 team that won it all. They got a big man MVP, like
like Moses Malone. They mm-hmm. got really kind of aged guard play, the, what Julius Irvin was, and Maurice Cheeks and James Harden and Andrew Tony. him being that kind of, I could get you a bucket at any time in the game. Tyrese Maxey has a lot of that in him. So, yeah, man, I did not see that coming. Well done by Doc Rivers. I don't think we give him enough credit because we always hate on him due yep. to his previous records and stuff in the playoffs. He did a terrific job last night. So now Philly will get a chance to go home in Game 6 and close the door. It'll be Denver on the road trying to close it after what they pulled off last night. Last night at home, Denver beats Phoenix 118-102. Before we hit this first break, let's give the Joker his love. Another triple-double, 29 13 and 12. Zay, he now has more triple doubles than any center ever. He just passed Wilt Chamberlain on that list. And he's got in the list of most triple doubles with 60% shooting from the field. He now has two of those. LeBron's got four and Wilt's got five. So he's third all time with Magic now on that list. Nikola Jokic continuing to just be a freak. Yeah, Nikola Jokic is playing against high elite athletic competitors while Wilt Chamberlain was playing against steel mill workers, milkman, <laughs> postman, lawyers, guys who were smoking cigarettes at halftime and stuff. And he was seven foot playing against a lot of six five guys. So there's a big difference there. Just letting y'all know, y'all old heads, oh, Jay just hate. No, I'm just keeping it real. Just keeping it 100 with y'all. I have mm-hmm. to. That's my job. But yeah. I really did think you were about to give Will Chamberlain credit. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't. I set you up to do exactly that. For those of you who love Will Chamberlain, I apologize. I just love to hear him talk Where's about Where's the, the 100 film? I like Where it. is it? Did you mention? There's no film on him dropping 100. Why? Because he was dropping in on guys that look like you and me. Did you say black lung in, that, in the run? Oh, yeah, I don't think I said that. I said steel mill workers. But you black said steel mill. Yes. Black lung it is comes always, with it. That's yep. my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I like Black Lung. I do like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the Joker was a freak last night. And much like, uh, you know, Philly had an unexpected second-leading scorer, Bruce Brown with 25 off the bench? Tough. Can you explain that to me? I I mean, he got to the free throw line. He hit 9 out of 10. He cuts really well off of Nikola Jokic. And when you have Jamal Murray in and Michael Porter Jr. along with Joker and you have Brown in, Mike Malone – great coaching, just like Doc Rivers, he was putting Nikola Jokic in inverted pick and rolls, where Joker, being the big man in the center, which they do this a lot anyway, he was utilizing Brown and Eric Gordon to go set the screens. And those guys who are guarding them, they're not the key defenders. They're not. So Joker was getting anything he wanted, and the Nuggets at their best, everybody has to be good. Like, Joker doesn't want to get the 53. I said that yesterday. He does not want to do that. He wants to do what he did last night. He wants to do what he did last night. He wants to spread the ball around, 14 assists, get guys like Brown going. Murray had 19. Michael Porter Jr. hit five threes. He wants to do that. And, man, just he is something special. His stats in this series just are absolutely ridiculous. silly, man. You got first game. 24, 19, and 5. Game 2, 39, 16, and 5. Game 3, 30, 17, and 17. Game 4, 53, 4, and 11. Then game 5 last night, the 29, 13, and 12. DeAndre Ayton, look, man, this might be it for you as a son. I don't know what they're going to do, but he looks like he's not even invested. He's he get- looks scared. Yeah, and he's getting tore. He's getting ripped on, not just by regular media folk. 
like me, he's getting ripped on by specific media folk that have played the game, mm-hmm. like you and J.J. Redick and Jay Williams and dudes that have played at that level. You who've played basketball at some level, them who've played it at the NBA level, y'all are all ripping into him. Right, and nobody could stop Joker. Nobody. But you got to at least show that you're locked in. You got to know. You got to make it make him work. He's not even making them work, it seems like. And, again, that just goes to how good Joker is, but also the expectation coming out of Arizona. People were giving DeAndre Ayton admiral comparisons. They said this dude is going to be the next David Robinson. And I was like, okay. I didn't really – I didn't believe that one bit because that was the same draft. Luka came out, and I said Luka should be number one. I was on Wag Show 2018 talking about that. Also, I was like, yeah, I take Luca, but everybody's kind of scared about these European guys coming over. Andre Bonyarni going to the Toronto Raptors when he did in the early 2000s. So they didn't, they didn't want to take that chance. Yeah. And it ended up biting them. And it's just, gosh, man, you just got to show some type of toughness. Slow them down. Then on the offensive end, do something like the 14 points. Like, that's not enough. KD no. and Book with no Chris Paul, that is not enough. Yeah, now, somebody else has got to got to come along, and you're right. Somebody's got to give them twenty. Right, and you're supposed to be that third guy, especially with Chris Paul mm-hmm. out. Usually you're the fourth, but you're supposed to be the third guy. And remember, this was a team that was in the finals two years ago without Kevin Durant. They were in the finals with Mikel Bridges and and yeah. Payne and stuff like that. Like I know Chris Paul was a different player then than he is now, but Book he's gotten better. And now you got KD, and all DeAndre Ayton has done is digress. Like, yeah. he hasn't gotten better. He's just been passive, gotten worse. I don't know what it is, but it's a huge problem. And Monty Williams, they, they're trying to play like Jock Landell. Jock Landell's like six foot eight, trying to guard Joker. And he's playing them hard. He had a hell of a game three, and he could space the floor and stuff. But you shouldn't be playing no Jock Landell at Australia. You shouldn't be playing that dude. Ain't no way. Not during this time of the year. They need way more from Aiton. And, yeah, he's been awful really all playoffs. They need two things in game six or they're done. They need Aiton to play better like you're talking about. And if that bench doesn't show up back at home, it's over. It's done. Durant could score 50 and they may still lose if they can't get enough. That bench has to be effective. And I agree with you. And Aiton has to show up. One one thing I think that hurt Monty Williams was not playing – those bench guys that he's playing now, from T.J. Warren to Terrence Ross, mm-hmm. not playing them in Denver in game one and two because they don't know what to expect. When If you play those guys in game one and two, they could get used to the altitude, they could get used to the fans and just how mm, you know Denver people operate yeah. and stuff. They play game three and four at home. Very different. Right. Now you got to go back on the road, you're tied 2-2, and you're expecting those guys to do the same thing they did at home? Well, that's a, a lot different. Yeah, that's a great point because there's already that thing about role players on the road, but this is role players on the road with the altitude issue. Yes. That's a different vibe. Crowd's one thing, but crowd and your lungs are affected too. You got to get them used to it. That's a good point. Yeah, everybody just thinks, oh, they're professionals. They should just be in shape. No. Not everybody is working out in the summer like crazy. Not everybody has that Steph Curry stamina. Like you. That's why LeBron's gone to nine straight finals. Or ten, whatever he's done. Yeah, you gotta have ridiculous stamina. You gotta be ridiculously durable. And if you aren't, like I said before, you're gonna get exposed. And there's a lot of guys that once they get this time of the year, they get beaten up, they tired, they went in because they're not used to playing this time of the year. They're just not.
Somebody texted us, Joker's the champ of triple doubles, but not rings. He will fall like Carl Malone. Damn. We'll see if that's what the story is by the end. He is trying to make a point here that it is hard to make. We talked about that. Just because you get triple doubles does not mean you get rings. That's not a bad text. Because go back over the greatest triple-double guys of all time. They don't all have a ton of rings. But Joker is trying to prove that they can get to that level, that he can be this type of guy, this type of guy at center, and get him a ring. Uh, They are up 3-2 now, and they'll try to close out. Again, they're trying to close on the road tomorrow. Philly will be trying to close at home, so there's a little difference there. We're going to be talking later on about these other two games tonight. Tonight, it is the same situation once again. It's two road teams trying to finish it so they don't have to go back for a game six. NBA providing a lot of great uh, drama right now. Also, quick congrats to the Dallas Stars. They got the win last night against Seattle in Seattle got their home ice back at least for now that is a two all series we'll mention a little bit of that as we go along but up next let's get to some football tomorrow is full schedule release day but we are getting a little bit of info from the nfl today we'll tell you about those plus what one player said about dak prescott that maybe should get you excited if you're a cowboys fan we'll tell you who it was and what it was next on the horn Chad and Zay. What a fantastic lyric to start a song. You got to look both ways before you cross my mind. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. You recognize that voice? Oh, man. I feel like I should. Yeah, you should. That's an old, like you, this um, is old school back in the day? Uh, this isn't an old school song, but that person's very old school. Yeah. That was, uh, golly. Yeah, I'm not sure. Who is it? Bootsy Collins. Oh, my God. See, I was about to say. Yeah, he was just talking. I was, yeah. Yeah. That, it would have been my, that would have been a guess. If I was going to guess somebody, I should have guessed Bootsy. Okay, so that's him talking. Yeah. So we are going Austin City Limits okay. list today. It right. came out yesterday. And yeah, pretty stacked list per usual. It's ACL. I mean, it's always good. Okay. And this is Caliushis. Caliushis. Yeah. Okay. She's not the headliner, but you know, on the first row, she's the first one on the first row. So she's big time. Okay. Yeah. Caliushis. New a new artist, or she's been around a while. Well, she's been around a little bit, but she's still newish. Okay. All right. So that gets us started. We'll have AC artist that'll be at ACL this year, which is October, right? Yeah. For ACL. Yeah. Uh, they've announced the list. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some good stuff there. And also, remember, this week, we're going to take our album swap discussion and move it to Friday. Give us an extra day to think on things. Friday at 1.05. I have gotten started with the Tribe Called Quest and the Low End Theory. Zay is going to be listening to Metallica's Ride the Lightning. Have we gotten started yet? Yep. Okay. There we go. Uh, but not finished yet. No. That's where I am. Yes. I've started, but not finished we had one listener yesterday text in both are greatness (laughs) so i love that we had a listener out there that's familiar with both ride the lightning and the low end theory so we'll get you our thoughts on that coming up on friday Uh, i'll get you a little sneak peek i don't think i'm gonna hate this album
I don't think I'm going to hate on this Tribe Called Quest album. <laughs> it's pretty impressive so far. Yo. Pretty what, impressive. What Q-Tip and Fife are talking about, never hear again. Pretty impressive so far. I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad you picked that one. All right, so we'll get into that later in the week. Uh, also, later in the week, it is a weird holiday that I don't think ever existed when I was a kid. I don't think there was a day in May where everybody found out what the NFL schedule was going to be. I do not remember if that was actually the case, but now we get this every spring when the NFL says to the NBA and the NHL and anybody else in a spring football league or two, says, hey, fellas, ladies, if you could just calm down, we have something to announce. And then everybody has to stop. So tomorrow is full schedule release day. So if you're a big NFL freak, tomorrow's when you find out who are you playing you know, when are you playing your division games? Early, late, how do they pack those together? Where are your road games? Do you have back-to-back road games? Are they making you go three in a row on the road? Would they dare do that? Thursday games, Monday games, how it all schedules out. That obviously will be tomorrow. Uh, and usually they do that in the evening. So by the time we get done tomorrow, we probably won't know everything even at that point. We'll break it down on Friday. But I'm guessing we're going to get a couple things, maybe the first Monday night or first Sunday night, things like that tomorrow. Well, uh, we already got six on the schedule. But today, right? Today we get a few things. Right. Today we yeah, get a little snippet, little international love, little and trailer. And then what I think is the biggest story, Zay, is this Black Friday game because the NFL likes to occasionally remind college football that they don't care about college football scheduling, and this is one of them where they they did it with Thanksgiving a few years ago. Hey, you know how you guys like to put Egg Bowl or Texas and Texas A&M or something like that on Thanksgiving night? Yeah, we're going to put a game on Thanksgiving night now. Well, yeah, but you guys used to just do the Lions and the Cowboys. Yeah, we know. We know. We're going to do one every Thanksgiving <laughs> night. And we'll play whoever we want. We'll play yep. really good teams. You know, We'll make sure both teams are good. Okay, so college football had to deal with that. Now they've got to deal with Black Friday. Black Friday, Miami and the Jets. Aaron Rodgers hosts Tua. Hopefully everybody's healthy and ready to roll for that one. That's your Black Friday game this year. What do you think about NFL on Black Friday? You on board? Hell yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to knock the NFL. I know those Thursday night games could be tough depending on the matchup. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm good with it. More NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I'm already ready for a comeback. As much as I love the NBA, I'm ready. We all know they could t- they could kick these games at one in the morning on a Wednesday, and we'd all watch. Oh, my alarm will be ready. We'd figure it out. Yeah, um, Miami and New uh, New York. There, then you got international games, and man, if you're one of those old school NFL heads, and you're thinking, why do they always go play, uh, you know, in Europe, and why do they play in London, and why do they play in Germany, and everything? Ooh, Mexico City in the past. You got to get used to it, I guess, or you know, just. Don't pay attention because more and more teams, not just bad teams, are going to these international sites. So now we've got five games announced for uh, London and Germany, three in London, uh, Atlanta and Jacksonville, and then Jacksonville's going to stay over, Zay, and play Buffalo the next week. So you were asking me about Jacksonville today. Everybody remember the Con ownership group that owns the Jags. They have a presence over there in Europe, and I think they're part owners of like one of the big soccer teams. Soccer freaks, you can tell me which one it is. Text me, uh, 337-3776, Specs text line. Remind me which one it is. But I believe that Con has, um, has one of those teams that he deals with 
And plus, you hear us talk pro wrestling occasionally. That's AEW's group. And they've got a big event over at Wembley this summer as well. So they do a lot of stuff over there. Jacksonville will play two games in London. My God, say talk about some talk about some travel issues. Yeah, and if I <laughs> if I was the Jaguars, I'd be pissed because this is a year that they're going to be picked to win the AFC South with all mm-hmm. the who knows what's going to happen. We don't know what Anthony Richardson's going to be. We don't know what C.J. Stroud's going to be, and who knows what's going to happen with Will Levis and uh, uh, Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill. I've been hearing rumors about they're going to drop Malik Willis, which is not surprising, but it kind of is if you look at him being the third-round pick in yeah. the 2022 draft. So Jacksonville Jaguars going to the playoffs last year, winning the game in the playoffs, having that 24-point comeback against the Los Angeles Chargers, getting Calvin Ridley, they're going to be picked to win the South, and they should be. So will this alter them having success because this is tough this is different that's a lot of jet lag you're going to get used to being in the uk for a little bit then you got to come back home and adjust back to the nfl schedule in the states so i'm going to be playing some close attention to that and doug peterson's crew which again they are such a good juggernaut team offensively like calvin really that was such a good get Mm -hmm. we know what christian kirk is zay jones travis Etienne running the football and we expect trevor lawrence coming in year three to be even better than what he was last year take away some of those stupid mistakes we know he likes to take risks that's kind of the beauty of him the fact that he's not scared to make certain throws but he has to clean up a lot if they want to have the success that they want to have and surprise even more people than what they did last year i like the jags this year i really do by the way i just got a text from calvin ridley he's asking can i bet in london is that okay yeah somebody needs to talk to him somebody yeah, he needs to know somebody really needs yeah, to talk yeah. to him maybe just college teams calvin yeah. but here's not the, on the facility this is the other thing zay we're all going to have to get used to now more and more we're getting really good teams and matchups i just mentioned buffalo you talked about how i mean jacksonville's not a joke anymore um atlanta's not great right now but how about this baltimore and tennessee October 15th in London. And then the two Germany games they announced, Miami and Kansas City in wow. Germany, November 5th. And then November 12th, it's Indy and the Patriots. Now, the Indy may not be great this year. And the Patriots not going to be fantastic, but that's a big dog franchise for sure that they're making go uh, you know, uh, to Europe and play. So those are your international games this year in the NFL. So now we have technically got six games that we know. Uh, we don't have you know kick times and networks yet, but we do have uh, at least knowing when those are going to be. So all I'm saying for the NFL is if y'all can't figure out the math that you need to give the Jacksonville Jaguars the bye week on the 15th of October, I don't know what to tell you. Because if you're going to make them go two weeks in London, when they come home, please don't make them play a game. That'd be cold-blooded. And please don't, God help you, please don't make them play that Thursday. I mean, come on, let's be nice. They can't do that. Let's be nice. They can't do that. Please, let's be nice. Uh, Real quick before the break, Zay, can we get the people some Brandon Cooks talking about Dak Prescott? This might actually make me feel good. Does it? A little bit. A little bit. Tell the people what Brandon Cooks said about his new quarterback, number four, Dak Prescott. Well, Brandon Cooks, he basically said, I've played with a lot of greats, and Dak Prescott, he could flat out sling it. Okay. So Now, I asked the question, hey, to be fair, I haven't followed Brandon Cooks' career that closely. Who's he played with? What quarterbacks has he caught passes from? And you laid out two pretty big names. Yeah, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. 
Come on, Cowboys fans. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me say the direct quote. I got it. I've been around some great ones, and we've been throwing. And I got to tell you, that guy could sling that ball. He's special. He said this about a week and some change ago. Now, to be fair, he didn't say if he slings that ball like the great ones. No. If we're going to be fair. Hey, I've, that's like saying, hey, I've dated some hotties, and I got to tell you, I went, to, I went out with this girl, and we had a good time. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying she's one of the hotties? Or are you just saying? So, in a way, you could get him out of that. But as a Cowboys fan, uh, you know, I'm just always looking for, I'm looking for good news. I'll take that as good news that Dak has impressed him a little bit. A little bit. I mean, you know how I feel about Dak coming in this season. I think we're going to see a locked-in focus Dakota Prescott. Just locked in. Are we going to run the ball, coach? With your husky self. Okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you run the football. I'm going to show you. Because that running back room, it ain't proven. Tony Pollard, okay, cool. How that knee looking, Tony? Deuce Vaughn, cool. I love Deuce Vaughn training with Michael Parsons and Jamar Chase. He looks locked in too, but hey, man. We talking about running the ball with those guys. I've been to the Pro Bowl how many times? You see my contract? I don't give a damn about them 17 interceptions. Okay. Yeah. I get less and less excited about your argument as I hear you set this idea up of a quarterback defying his play caller. <laughs> like when you you set this up and I don't feel any better about your idea. Like I don't think that's how a quarterback should look at his play caller. Look, it's not just his head coach. This is his play caller this year. Yeah, you heard CJ Stroud yesterday when Ryan Day brought in Quinn Ewers. I pissed him off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, made him mad. I pissed him off mad. a little bit. No, I so get it. anything, if you have to look at your coach sideways, go ahead. If that means more victories, if Big Big Mike would take Dak Prescott calling him completely out his name, if that means the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like he would. I'm not saying go Bob Huggins and call him something crazy no, like that. No, no, don't do that. I'm just don't saying something where, oh, Dak, this is going to give you an extra edge. It's going to give you some extra juice. Call me what you want. Yeah. Say I'm Husky. Bring me McDonald's, et cetera. Uh, I also love that you're giving Mike McCarthy that much credit. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope he. I hope he's that clever and, and it actually works, but we'll see. So at least Brandon Cooks thinks uh, Dak Prescott's looking pretty good right now. Take that for what it's worth, Cowboys fans. NFL schedule in full comes out tomorrow. We'll keep talking football. Uh, up next in the crap bag, I get you a little dog show plus the Huggy Bear update. Sounds like West Virginia is going to let him keep the job. There is a punishment though. We'll let you what let you know what it is and which part of it I want to see. This is the horn. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. Chad and Zay. We got a clean version here? Yep. Just making sure? Just making sure. Making sure. I need her. Because, you know, it's kind of an intense song. (laughs) It's one of the best intense songs ever. Oh, man. So... I did not realize that she was on the list for ACL. Alanis Morissette? Yep, one of the headliners. Very cool, very cool. In all the world of... There's a lot of artists that have done songs about you know their relationships, their life, love, love lost, love gained, happy, sad, all that. This was an important one along the way, though. This was such a big one along the way for it to be such a massive pop hit and so obvious what she was doing. Yeah. 
I'm going to just, we're going to rip it all down. There's not going to be a whole lot of analogy here. We're going to go right to it. It was fantastic. Uh, And the fact that she had that little alt vibe to her, it made it scarier because you thought she could really hurt him. Like, oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I felt bad for Joey. Like, there could be stuff burned in the yard. Mm-hmm. There really could. Yeah, Joey from Full House. This was about him, right? Um, Technically, a lot of people thought it was about... They, they, a lot of people thought it was Dave Coulier. And now, from everything I've heard over the years, my best theory is it was bits and pieces of different guys. Okay. I don't think it was one guy. Okay. There's been interesting little interviews, um, you know, through the years that have kind of... Uh, you know, that that kind of yeah, was a good edit right there, by the way. Um, I was just a little freaked out. Uh, but, yeah, there's been a couple weird stories. An interview, uh, some interviews with Bob Saget and others through the years right. have kind of led us to believe that I think it may have been a group of guys. Mm. Yeah, she was scorned. Yes. Yeah, she was upset. So there's kind of bits and pieces from different guys, I think. Uh, Alanis Morissette and Kaliushis are both going to be a part of ACL, and they've been a part of the show today. More great stuff from Zay coming uh, musically today. we got a lot more conversation coming as well. Justin Wells of Inside Texas at 105. We'll ask him. He's a Cowboys fan. Is he excited to hear Brandon Cooks talk about Dak Prescott? Somebody... Uh, Hit us on the text line. Chad's just searching for anything to make him feel better about Prescott. That's probably fair. That's probably fair. This text says he can sling it, and he can sling it to the right people are two different things. <laughs> another another texter, Panic City, says Dak Prescott can definitely sling it to the other team. Okay, fine, fine. And someone did remind me that the Khan family connection in soccer is Fulham. FC is the team that they sent me. So there you go. And then someone pointing out our man Chris Bennett, NFL and the Longhorns on Black Friday. That is going to be the case because we know Texas and I think it's Texas Tech this year that always ends up on that day after Thanksgiving. And now Black Friday uh, is also going to be an NFL game with Miami and the Jets. All right, let's get into the crap bag. I'll get you a Bob Huggins update and talk some dog show as well. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I admit, I did watch the Westminster Dog Show. I'm one of the few people that freaks out about this thing. They had it at the tennis facility. They had it at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which they've never done before. It was kind of cool to see they have the since they have the retractable roof now um, now which dog show is this this is a this is westminster this is the one they, they doing they, tricks or they, are they just pretty this is the this is a the big part is a confirmation show which is just they're walking around and you know they look at them and check they're them trained. out trained oh they're trained yeah Definitely trained. They can't even do tricks like jump through hoops, There's an ag- go through the tunnel, nothing? Th- there is an agility part of it, but okay. that wasn't what the last couple of nights have been. There's an agility part of it. There's some other things that they do, kind of other activities around it. This is the, hey, here's the dog. Judge checks them out. They, you know, they, they run around a little bit, show everybody, and then you judge, hey, is that dog a better version of that dog than this dog kind of a thing. So like the dog combine. Kind of, yeah. That's, okay. that's a good way to look at it. Uh, the winner is the PBGV. So now people are going to have to go learn what that is. A French dog, the Petit Basset Griffon Vendéon. Uh, and I think its name was Buddy Holly. 
so they were playing Buddy Holly music uh, when it was when it was rolling through. And since I'm a fan of Hound Dogs, uh, it is two years in a row for the Hound Dogs to win. Last year it was the Bloodhound. This year the PBGV. I was rooting for that French Bulldog because I kind of wanted the French Bulldog to win. He was cute as hell. Uh-oh. He showed pretty well, but he wasn't perfect. A little, little distracted at times. A little distracted. A little Come distracted. On, yeah. Can't be distracted on that best Can't in show. Can't be. Gotta man. be locked in. That judge and man, the the handler was trying everything he could. He had a he had the hands going. He's got the treat and he's mm. trying to get his attention. And some of those Joe dog- Mazzula, blame the trainer, blame the coach. That could be it. And and when you're a, a French bulldog, your face is naturally kind of sullen. It's flat. You got to do something. You got to give that judge. The big dogs have a disadvantage. The the weird faced dogs. That are cute, but you got to show a judge that you're excited. That's what they get into. Hard to beat them little dogs, man. I don't know why, why have I. I don't know why I have the ability to break this down like that, but I'm just <laughs> just telling you. So, congrats to Buddy Holly for getting that done. If you see some PBGVs out there, you know why. Sometimes people go get that best in show dog. All right. Speaking of animals, let's talk Huggy Bear and his punishment. Zay, it's punishment, and it's not a firing. I asked yesterday, does he get to keep the job? Apparently, he does. Bob Huggins will get a $1 million pay reduction from $4.2 to $3.2 million, plus he has to serve a significant suspension. I guess we'll find out what that is later. And he's got to go to sensitivity training. Oh my gosh, West Virginia. Like, this isn't even a slap in the wrist. This is like a flick in the finger. <laughs> like, I don't even know what this is. So A million a year? A million. You don't think he'll feel a million a year? No, he lives in West Virginia. Okay. I'm just I'm just wondering. You could probably get a four-bedroom house for 80 grand. I would, I would think if you lose a million a year, you might feel it. But uh, you might be right. Here's what I want, though. If that has to happen, can we at least put the sensitivity training on television? And I can pay, I'll pay-per-view that. I'll pay to see it get subscribers, and then we can raise some money for good causes. Can I do that? Because I would love to see Bob Huggins in sensitivity training. Yeah. That would I, be, I would enjoy to see that, too. That would be priceless. But, Zay, I asked this question yesterday, and, and I'll, I'll point it out. Now that we're here, if the West Virginia folks are saying, we don't care enough about what he said, he apologized, we think he's a good dude, and we want to move on in 2023 – with social media and all the pressures that are there, do they get to do that? Do they get to make that choice and move on? Because you said it upset – I can tell it upsets you, but does it upset you like you'd get on social media and join a group of people try to stop it? Would you, would you now get mad enough that you'd go on social media and try to pressure West Virginia to fire him? If that happened to Rodney Terry with me and Coach Terry being as cool as we are uh-huh. – I'd have a hard time rooting for Coach Terry. I would want Texas to do well, okay. but I would think the, I would think of Coach Terry as the worst. Somebody, Just like I think yeah. Bob Huggins as the worst. Like, how can you go? A recruit already backed out. Yeah, and a recruit was, was already supposed to go over there and take a visit for a transfer, and now he's not. Really? Just like that. Wow. So it's going to start happening. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my man Ethan Bach, who came on the right call last year. He was a West Virginia uh, beat writer. He said RJ Sendera agreed to cancel his visit this week, was coming up there. Hmm. So that's it. It's going to keep happening. And they already don't get five and four stars right. anyway. They're going to have to get really desperate guys that never thought they would ever play D1 in their life. 
and Bob Huggins is going to give them a chance. They're just going to have to swallow their pride and say, you know what, I want to maybe play professional basketball. I never thought I'd get to D1, even though this dude's an absolute slime ball. Oh, well. And then they're going to get questioned. Like, man, you play for a guy that has these type of views? Same with their parents. Man, you're going to let your kids play for a guy that has these type of views? Mm -hmm. It stinks. It really stinks. Somebody said what would happen if Sark had said what he said. Fired? Question mark? That's an that's an interesting question. That is very interesting. Uh, somebody says, I guarantee if he said that about blacks, gays, Muslims, etc., he would have been fired as soon as possible. Mm. <laughs> oh, the next sentence is fantastic. But I'm not reading it. I'm not I'm not reading that. I'm not headed down that road. But we do appreciate you listening to the show, Jim. We do we do appreciate that. Um so there are um that's where it sits now and we'll see if West Virginia is going to I hope West Virginia doesn't win a game ever again. There are going to be a lot of people obviously rooting against them, but if West Virginia is fine with losing those recruits, losing the transfer opportunities and they're just saying, "Hey, He's our guy. Does that get to happen? I heard it, th- this argument, too, is interesting. That's a, that's a public school, West Virginia, right? State school. You're not a private school and can make an argument there. So are there, like, public funds or state funds or anything that get affected by something like this? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, or is it just so far up there and it's not a big brand that this story kind of goes away? The answer to their question of what happens if Sark says it, he probably doesn't survive. No. Not at a brand like Texas. If the head football coach at Texas or Bama or Georgia, all the big dogs nowadays, Dabo said something like that, I don't think you get to hang out. But Huggins, is, it's, it's that borderline thing. It's what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. It's why I brought it up. It's like a he's a legend, but he's not the elite, most elite of legends. But he's one of them. He's from West Virginia, and he's one of them. And it's the alma mater, it's, right? Yeah. He's that guy, and it's that place. It's up in the mountains. It's West Virginia. And there's a whole lot of people up there that, A, love him, and B, probably do not care about what he said. Oh, yeah. Oh, the ones that made this decision, they throwing this word around, too. It ain't nothing. They probably say it with Bob. They be like, damn, Bob, you let it slip up. We just keep that in the room. Yeah, we just know. keep that closed door saying all that crazy stuff. Yeah, I'm, I, I wish I was surprised. I'm not. It but the way this world is, I'm not surprised one bit. Quite a look from West Virginia. So Bob Huggins apparently will keep the job. Also, real quick, Crapbag TV Guide, the Rich and Shameless series that they have on TNT. Uh, maybe you won't be interested in other episodes, but if you're a Longhorn fan, they just did one on Dennis Rodman and the money that he lost when uh, someone he was associated with basically stole money from him. I never know the, knew the part of the story that they also stole from Ricky Williams. Ricky and his former wife are on this show telling the details of it. It was a fascinating story. I finished it up this morning. That's on TNT. I think they're going to start running new episodes on like Wednesdays, but you can just do a search. Rich and Shameless is what it's called, uh, and shout out to, to Ricky for going on that show and being as honest as he was about what happened to him. Uh, to shame what happens to some athletes when people, they trust certain people to take care of their money and take care of stuff. And in this one case, whew, this woman stole a ton of money from Ricky and Dennis Rodman, among others. They're the biggest names. Yeah. I, I, I'd never heard that story. Mm-hmm. People be talking about Aaron Rodgers, damn shame for him not being close to his family. What if he can't trust them? <laughs> 
Like, what if you just can't trust yeah. your family? Sometimes you got to let them go, no matter how close they are. And when you make this much money and you're so young making that much money, you got to be really careful of who yeah. you let inside your circle and who you don't. Yeah, it was crazy stuff to watch. So if you're a fan of uh, either one of those guys, it uh, might be something to check out. All right, coming up, your 1 o'clock hour in the Flex segment. We got a couple of big uglies on the Flex side and their updates uh, as they get ready for another high school football season. Up next, though, we'll talk to Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com. Texas basketball, Texas football right around the corner, and maybe a little Cowboys too. Don't move. It's Wednesday on the Horn.